Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Smart Cities podcast. My name is Adam Beck. I'm the host of the Smart Cities Chronicles, and I'm also the Executive Director of the Smart Cities Council here in the region of Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we're excited to bring you this episode. This is a, an episode where we go all the way over to India, uh, and we are um, talking uh, today with Dr. Rajendra Jagtup, who is the CEO of the Pune Smart City, Rajendra, thank you so much for joining us on this call. Thank you, Adam. Um, Rajendra, we have, we have listeners uh, of our podcast scattered all over the world. Um, would you mind just giving us a very brief introduction of where Pune City is um, within the context of India and maybe just share with us a few highlights about the city, its features and what people love about it? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Adam. Uh, I'm Rajendra Jagtab, I'm CEO of the Pune Smart City. Pune is a city uh, uh, which has a population about 4 billion plus and uh, uh, we are among uh, the seventh largest city in India, situated on the western part of the country, very much close to Bombay or Mumbai that we call today. Uh, uh, we have a, a city with a municipal corporation uh, having an total area of about 320 square kilometers uh, and uh, the road length of about uh, uh, 1,480 uh, kilometers of road length. Uh, this city is uh, ideally uh, uh, old historic city with a long cultural lineage, uh, which is almost 1,200 years old. Uh, however, the city in the past uh, has grown during the British era and the colonial rule. Uh, we are a a defense uh, establishment center with a strong automobile and industrial uh, hinterland along with a good agricultural base uh, in sugarcane and uh, grapes uh, with a lot of wineries around and lastly we are also an education hub uh, which has developed in the last hundred odd years with a number of uh, government as well as private universities in the city uh, and recently in the last 10-15 years uh, we have come up as a good IT uh, city for dealing with uh, information technology and the service sector uh, provide uh, for creation of softwares within the country as well as giving a lot of backup to other countries uh, outside. So this is uh, the whole context of the city as of now, uh, wherein uh, besides the municipal corporation, it is well connected uh, uh, both uh, uh, nationally as well as internationally uh, and the city is uh, one, of, one among the hundred odd smart cities that have been selected all across India. Thanks, Beck. Yes, th thank you so much for that introduction. Um, uh, transitioning now to the 100 Smart Cities uh, program and mission in India, um, we very much uh, have been observing it from afar for those that are outside of India. Uh, we're very intrigued about it. We, we, we read a lot through the media. media. Um, can you give us a sense of how the more broadly the 100 Smart Cities mission is going in India? What are your, what are your sort of views at the moment of how things are progressing? So here in India, if you look at it, uh, the Smart Cities mission uh, was a, a central government driven uh, program and a project uh, which was envisaged by our, our Prime Minister, Mr. Narendra Modi. And uh, the outcomes of it is uh, uh, the, the country that is India wanted to go in for uh, the intervention into smart cities 
uh, into 100 odd cities at the first go itself uh, with a lot of funding that uh, that was sponsored centrally as well as some contribution coming from the state side as well as a local self government body there are the local municipal corporations uh, so there was a funding that was put in place and the uniqueness about the whole system was that uh, uh, there was a competition all across india wherein different cities pitched in along with their smart city plan that was prepared with a lot of citizen engagement and the problem statements that they could define they were of primary importance for the particular city based on which each of the cities submitted their uh, uh, smart city plans to the central government way back in 2015 and it was in january 2016 that uh, uh, over the comp competitive kind of atmosphere uh, each section of about 20 cities at one go were declared pune uh, was uh, a primary city in the first list to be get selected as number 2 city all across india again based on the, the the smart city plan that was put up by pune uh, how much it is an engagement we went about it and how strongly and financially we would define the plan and how we are going to implement it it was a unique kind of a structure to go about for the smart city there was another factor to the whole thing even when we have a three tier government in india where there is a central government a federal state government as well as the local government in the municipal corporations uh, the implementation of the smart city is being done by a special purpose vehicle so a separate entity under the companies act has been formed uh, where uh, the board of directors constitutes both of elected representatives as well as uh, uh, officials and uh, uh, the company has a lot of liberty in, uh, not just to spend the funds that we are getting from the government but can go in for uh, a, a, a ppp kind of a model or bot kind of a model or different fundings through ways of bonds and everything to implement its project so there was a different kind of an independence and freedom that was defined to this uh, uh, the smart city as a special purpose way this was a uniqueness about the whole smart cities mission in india Yes, um, indeed, Rajendra. I, um, I, I really, when I saw the first guidelines um, of the Hundred Smart Cities Mission, I was very, very interested uh, in that model uh, that was being advanced around special purpose vehicles. So, so for our listeners, um, just in terms of your role, so, so you're the CEO of that special purpose vehicle. Is that correct? Yes, 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 Mr. Back. I'm the CEO, the Chief Executive Officer. as well as the executive director for the for the special purpose vehicle excellent okay fantastic so going back to your application um being awarded one of the 100 smart city positions in round 1 uh, can mm. you can you share with us share with us just a little bit sort of what were the drivers why did why did pune city want to participate in this program so uh, back a very good and important question per se Uh, because uh, in india we see and consider ourselves to be a developing economy we still have a, a, a rapid rate of urbanization that is already prevalent uh, if you if you look at the decadal growth that we have in the city of pune is almost 10 to 15% of a decadal growth that exists and with the increasing population in the urban areas we still have a, a demand supply gap where we are struggling with a lot of physical infrastructure per se so the city and the state is involved in development of the basic services and still struggling with it but however while undertaking a lot of development activities of physical infrastructure per se 
uh, be it uh, pertaining to urban transportation, basic supply of water supply, so facilities like drainage, health education and others. We thought that uh, rather than just providing the physical infrastructure, there was an impetus of uh, uh, a technology that has to be woven into that whole uh, uh, deployment. Wherein what happens is rather than waiting for the physical infrastructure to come up and later adoption of new techniques, technologies, solutions uh, that will be much more uh, uh, need of the art, which which which, uh, which can uh, integrate technology. We wanted to wanted it to go hand in hand. Again, there were a few areas which the city had never perceived or thought about where integration of different silos of government that already exist, which were seen as a, a major factor through the smart city where they could talk with the various central as well as state government departments and the city could talk and integrate a lot of solutions for a better quality of life for the citizens of Pune. These were basically our drivers to for, and, and pushed it up towards the smart city initiative that was there. Thank you for that. I think um, you, you've certainly highlighted there uh, a, a very, very much a diversity of drivers that led you to to participating in the program. Um, just, just I'm wondering if you could share with us, um, in terms of the the special purpose vehicle and uh, your role as CEO. Um, do you have staff that work in the special purpose vehicle? Do you have contractors? How How is the day-to-day -day work and the implementation of your strategy, uh, you know, rolled out and implemented? Okay, again, uh, a very good and relevant question with always the kind of bureaucratic setup or a colonial system that India runs into. Uh, the intention of having a special purpose vehicle itself was to have a a very thin frame kind of uh, 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 structure or, or deployment or uh, staff that is required. Uh, the SPV and the mission provided that we could go in for world-class consultancy uh, for, uh, for project planning, implementation, uh, uh, and identifying uh, those core areas. For the city of Pune, uh, we had McKenzie from USA who are our consultants for this whole project and there was a team of about uh, 15 to 16 of uh, McKenzie team who, who, who sat across with us right from the day one. And most of the plans and projects were uh, emphasized. However, in addition to that, uh, we had the freedom to get in some team managerial persons, be it, be it basic to running a company, be it for the finance or uh, accounting, uh, be it company secretary and others that we, we went ahead in. However, we did take uh, a lot of help from the local municipal corporation and other stakeholders, be it the Pune police or the municipal transportation, where implementation and actual delivery of the, uh, the projects on ground were supported and helped by their technical team. So it was a mix of a lot of things. However, we could see that uh, the amount of money that we were spending on uh, administration or project implementation and consultancy was comparatively very less to our total project outlay. It was almost four to five percent of our total cost that we see in the whole uh, whole budget that we have set aside. Uh, excellent. I, um, I I certainly admire that um, uh, that that as I mentioned that that SPV model. You, you mentioned there with the stakeholders that you've been working with. You did mention sort of um, uh, you know the, the the citizens within the city. Can you give us a sense of 
how the community has been engaged along the way. I mean, it, it's it's a very you know, Pune is a large city. It's got a big population. Um, how do you go about engaging with the community? sharing basic information or with particular infrastructure projects, you know, going deeper and getting them involved in the, in the planning process. So here again, uh, 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 what we usually have is uh, there are two components of projects that we run in the whole uh, city. Uh, one is an area development uh, uh, projects that we, where we have focused upon a particular area of the city that has to be fully developed and improved upon by various physical infrastructure projects that we're implementing. So uh, if there is a deployment of a particular element, say, like we have, which we call as placemaking, where open spots within a particular area are identified then uh, with the amount of budget that we have set aside for that, uh, we throw it out to the citizens as to what the ideal would like in that particular spot or the place that is there. Is it a garden that they see forward or a sports activity or an area for parking or uh, for uh, for a, a different kind of an activity and with the inputs that is taken from the citizens within the vicinity is where we start planning uh, and processing the whole thing. Along the implementation also there are inputs which are taken from the community level uh, right up to the deployment and work or issuing till the completion of the project. So this is a localized kind of an intervention which is taken from the citizens directly uh, uh, and say if it is for the pan city level where a technological intervention pertaining to a new mode of uh, traffic signals are to be introduced. Then that is uh, crowdsourcing and to the social media network, where a lot of inputs are taken uh, with different mediums of online calling, emails, uh, uh, Facebook and others, where these are combined together and through questionnaires and everything, we, we arrive at something. And then there's a physical interaction which happens intermittently. So there's a lot of citizen engagement that has started with the smart city initiatives and projects, which previously was not taken to a much larger extent. Uh, because uh, we being a democracy, what we see across is the earlier functioning of the municipal corporation was in such a way that uh, you had elections every five years. And once you elect your councillor, he was left at the mercy to create the infrastructure for the city level as well as at the local ward level from where he got elected as to what is the budget to be put aside for which activity, uh, the location, uh, the kind of thing that he wants to do. Within the garden also, if we see if we have an open space, is it the children play area that is to be developed much more compared to an old age uh, setup? Or is it a kind of an uh, activity like yoga or uh, a CrossFit kind of an activity that should go? It's something which was missing before, which has now been put into practical use. So that, Citizen engagement imbibes and drives the kind of infrastructure that we are able to do, develop with the available funds in a particular area. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and on infrastructure, just for a moment, um, I'd love to get a sense of uh, different technology solutions that you might you might either be looking at or you've already deployed or implement, uh, implemented. Are there, are there particular technology solutions that you, you are advancing, whether it's around sort of, you, you mentioned, you know, congestion and you, you mentioned water and other utilities and services. Um, are there some key, key smart infrastructure projects that you've implemented that you've been, you know, that you've been proud of as part of this process? 
So you see there are, there are three or four sectors that we can talk about to start with and uh, the urban mobility. Uh, we have a last mile connectivity in form of a public bicycle sharing where a dockless uh, bicycle system was put in where through an MOU we tied up with almost five different companies and we could put about more than 10,000 odd uh, cycles in the streets of Pune uh, and at no cost to the corporation of the smart city uh, where it was a win-win situation where the first half an hour was made available to a very low cost uh, to the citizens and it was widely accepted and it is being utilized. A similar kind of intervention happened with the intelligent transport management system that we have put in where all our municipal transport buses are now under vehicle tracking uh, with the proper tracking for the, uh, the drivers also. Uh, there's an app that has been created for citizens to know the exact arrival and departure of the buses as well as there's a fleet management that has been inbuilt. Uh, and then again, in addition to that is uh, where we have gone in for adoption of uh, e-buses for the citizens as a green technology. We have already added 25 e-buses to the city and in the process of adding another 125. So 150 buses to be taken in this coming year uh, for the city in, uh, in addition to our existing fleet of diesel and CNG. So we have gradually moved from diesel to CNG and now to e-buses that is happening. So these are these were the interventions of technology interventions that we tried to introduce uh, in form of uh, uh, what we could do uh, in the urban mobility. We are in the process of having a, a single multimodal uh, transport card and an app which runs across the municipal transport and the upcoming metro that we are developing as of now, as well as the last mile connected in form of public bicycles and uh, sharing auto rickshaws that are there. So this is this besides the transportation. A second sector that is we are talking about is the water supply, where a 24 by 7 water supply plan has already been envisaged, where we are adding about uh, more than 100 overhead water tanks to the city, which will be storing about one day's water supply, and we are metering uh, uh, down right up to each of the users, be it the residential users or the commercial users of water metering, with a new distribution uh, system which has an anti-detection, uh, anti-heat detection system that has been put in. So this will be where uh, with the available water, we may ensure to have a good pressure and a supply system where water will be able 24 by 7 as against a supply of about one to one and a half hours that we provide daily in different areas, different times of the day. So these are the two areas that I would like to roughly talk about. There are other smaller interventions that are happening in the field of solid waste management, health, education, and others. Um, that, that, that's fantastic. I, um, I'd like to sort of switch, switch to sort of a, a, a place-based, um, discussion now. Um, I, I, I note that there is a, uh, an area-based initiative that you have, uh, that you have going. Um, I don't know if I've got the pronunciation correct here, but, um, it, it's, uh, Unda Bener Belawadi. Um, yeah, you're, you're quite close. You're quite I'm, close, I'm quite close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that um, so that's been identified as an area-based initiative. Um, can you share with with us a little bit more about what the what the area-based initiatives are and the types of work that's going on in those? Yeah. Again, uh, uh, Adam, like we talked about this uh, for a smart city, like we don't have a clear definition worldwide as to what all comes under it. Uh, but it's much more of a generalistic word which talks about technology, quality of life, 
uh, incorporating new ideas, going greener. Uh, so if we look at those factors, uh, when we had the smart city mission defined, uh, with the available budget, what we could see uh, that uh, in a particular city, since we are still struggling with a lot of physical infrastructure per se, uh, there was an approach that was there where we said that uh, of the available funds, about 40 to 50 percent of the funds can be set aside for developing a particular area of the city, which becomes uh, a kind of a, a replicate, replicable model all across. So you focus upon all factors and assets of improvement that can happen into a particular area, mostly concentrating on the physical infrastructure of developing smart roads. When we talk about smart roads, we talk about roads getting developed in India, which are only the surface roads. And there are a lot of different utility service providers within the government and outside who tend to dig up that road. And we, we see that there's a loss of roads, so be it wet utilities like water supply, drainage, stormwater, or dry utilities like uh, uh, the gas, the gas, the cooking gas supply, or optic fiber cables, or uh, other telecom lines, uh, electricity distribution that is happening. So we, we went in for development of this basic infrastructure of roads that happened in a much better way, improving the overall quality of life in the citizens there by developing uh, available open spaces into uh, into that particular area. Implementation of the development plan that was there, reservations that existed within that area. Uh, improvisation of the public schools that are run by the government, as well as the municipal facilities need in, uh, in form of uh, uh, creation, the solid waste and uh, water supply drainage and others which were basic. The city was taking its own time, so we wanted to focus everything on a small area. In addition to that, the other sectors, say, uh, uh, respect to the police, that was surveillance and safety parameters of putting CCTV cameras or uh, red light detection of vehicles intervention in form of traffic signals and junctions. So this was something where a total area-based approach of focus was there. Uh, this area-based approach for the area of Aund, Banir, and Baliwadi was done with an intention that an, an uh, already existing partially developed area was selected and was guided into the retrofitting model. Vis-a-vis, -vis, some of the cities were gone for a greenfield development, where a virgin area which was empty within their city space was picked up and that is how it, they went it for development. As against a city like Bhuvaneshwar, where they have gone for the heart core of the city, that is a CBD old city area, where they are going for redevelopment of the total structure. So they are demolishing almost uh, two to four squares of area and uh, uh, those four blocks of area are getting redeveloped into a different kind of activity. So this is an area-based approach and in the city of Pune that we see, uh, that the Aundabanir Balewadi area is something that we are developing into a uh, uh, good, comparable, uh, best uh, uh, as a kind of replication that we can pick up within India as well as abroad. So we try to bring in whatever best that we can get in, modify and adopt it as per the requirement of the city, and we develop the city. That's 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 I um. I, I love that idea that you you've spoken about there about around creating this place-based area as a model that can be replicated. Um, it, it prompts me to ask you the next question, Rajendra. Um, across the hundred smart cities that are implementing their strategies, is is there an element of of sort of cross-city collaboration or 
knowledge sharing or learning? Are, are you working with the other cities to, to learn from each other at all? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of cross-learning. Basically, uh, uh, through our ministry, uh, there are sharing platforms and portals that have been created. Say, like uh, the city of Pune, uh, we took an initiation and we were the pioneers among adopting an integrated command and control center, which integrated different uh, silos of the various uh, departments within the city. We were the first to go in for the public bicycle sharing. Again, the development of the smart streets as well as the placemaking. So, since we started quite early, we were the people who were there as uh, team leaders and kind of. could uh, pick up a few of the issues from other cities who had done a good job in the field of uh, uh, school education uh, as, well, as well as uh, uh, areas like uh, uh, there were some citizen services that were provided to a, a different kind of an aspect. So there was a cross-learning that is usually taking place. There's, a, there's an online portal and center that has been created as to what and how each city is adopting and going forward. And uh, also, since we were uh, one of the first cities to smart early. For Pune, we have uh, almost more than 59 other smart cities who have paid visits to the city to see it, to what we have delivered. So there is a, a lot of cross-learning that is happening from, more, from between the cities as of now. Well, I'm actually going to be over there in September for the uh, for the Smart City Council India Smart Urban Nation project. So I really look forward to, to coming and visit. Um, a, a few questions just left to go while we've got some time. Um, you've you've been you've been underway for what a good two to three years now. I, I'd love to get a sense, Rajendra you know, what you've learnt along the way, you know, what have been the surprises, what have been the successes and, and maybe things that you, you've sort of done differently as, as you keep implementing. Any reflections on the journey so far? Yeah, Adam, again, uh, you see we are still quite early in the whole deployment of the smart cities as of now. And we could see that some of the cities adopted and uh, 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 adopted the whole system very early and could deliver and showcase a lot of things. Pune being one among those. So in the whole horizon of about 100 or 50 uh, that we see in India, we have around 12 to 13 of them who have really gained and picked up momentum. And there are others who are gradually picking up. There are some who are still lagging in the whole system that we can see. Now, uh, the, the overall idea as an SPV uh, or the overall system of implementation and everything has its own set of challenges as initially it was seen that uh, in a democracy where you have elected representatives and governments to look after, doesn't SPV really help? However, what we could see that uh, with the smart city SPV and others, the decision making in some areas was much faster. There's a different kind of a thought process uh, uh, that was taken into consideration, a very good different kind of consultancy that came uh, that was world-class and we could seek from anywhere outside. And we could bind together projects as well as different uh, silos and sectors of the government across, uh, sit across the table, ensure them that the funds are there and the deliverables. So this is what uh, that, that it carries across uh, and uh, implementing a lot of schemes. However, if you look at it, uh, we have been able to deploy a lot of physical infrastructure 
the projects which were quite visible as of now in the first phase in addition to very few projects that are related to it or iot kind of solutions but uh, there's one distinct area that pune uh, picked up along the way where it would not have been possible for uh, uh, the the pune municipal corporation or a local body usually to go about that is uh, in the area of uh, where we have we are, we are creating an environment within the city uh, which is uh, very distinct and different for new startups uh, how we can incubate them uh, how we can accelerate them given a different kind of an hand holding a problem statement for the city that has been thrown across by way of different uh, hackathons we try to get out different solutions uh, do an hand holding for most of these companies so a different kind of environment is gradually uh, evolving within the city where we see that innovation is uh, the growth engines for the cities of the future and that is what is gradually happening in the whole city of pune you've certainly uh in in the in the number of years the, the the short period of time that you have been um underway you've certainly been planning and designing and implementing projects that span you know fundamental infrastructure services utilities you know water you you've touched on and shared with us the mobility um transportation um approaches last mile mobility you've touched on placemaking and an urban design uh and just sharing then now um the uh, sort of acceleration of of a startup uh community and economy uh, the question my last my last question that i need to ask um rajendra is what's next for pune smart city you know what what haven't you started yet that you're really looking forward to what is what does the rest of 2019 and 2020 look like in sort of the next year or two so like uh, this adam that we have been able to uh, perform with a, with a lot of things that that were a kind of an epc projects through our funds uh, we have started now gradually moving into our ppp or beauty kind of a projects where jointly uh, with the industry wherever we can see that there is uh, a land monetization that that can be built up where we're talking about a very huge uh, 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 transit hub that that's to come up between the uh, between a metro station and the municipal transportation and the national highway that is existing uh, which has a good enough potential uh, to develop along with that we in 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 a, in a particular area we're trying to have a town planning scheme done where a development of a green field is, is something within our vision uh, which ideally comes up as uh, a, a totally planned and uh, uh, fully developed kind of a, a system with all infrastructure in place along with the growth that can happen and we're able to get the the municipal bonds for it uh, with kind of uh, <clears throat> the money that can be coming from development charges as well as property tax in the future uh, lastly we're talking about a city wide network uh because uh, the digital network and connectivity plays a major part in the in the overall deliverings of technology and dissipation of knowledge and communication uh laying of an underground uh, network for the whole city along with our 24/7 7 water supply lines to the tune of almost 1400 kilometers and uh, utilizing this uh, optic fiber network to create the smart smart poles of the future so once you have the Uh, the electricity and the uh, the connectivity these smart poles will act as nodes all across the city 
which are uh, future 5G ready kind of a system. And we have a plug in and play kind of system for new kinds of sensors that we'll be putting up besides the CCTV cameras, environment sensors and others. So we, we see that uh, the city catching up to a much larger extent, extent to these two, three projects that we look forward to the next two to three years. Well, you've certainly uh, achieved a lot so far and, and your to-do list and your action plan uh, is still is still very healthy uh, with, with much more to be done. Um, we, we don't want to give away too much on this interview because, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you'll be sharing the story of the Pune Smart City at the Smart Urban Nation conference that we're hosting in Bengaluru, 24th to the 25th of September. Uh, so we look forward to having you on stage and having you share the story there. Um, and for our listeners, uh, we've been uh, interviewing Dr. Rajendra Jagtap, who is the CEO of Pune Smart City, the special purpose vehicle um, as part of the 100 Smart Cities mission in India. Rajendra, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to having you with us at Smart Urban Nation. Uh, and thank you for uh, sharing your story so far with our listeners. Thank you, Adam. And we look forward to have you in Pune when you visit India in September. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. We're looking forward to being there. And for our listeners who are not subscribing to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast, you can do so through our typical platforms or your typical platforms, Spotify and Apple and Google and other platforms for podcasts. You can also head to our website, which is smartcitieschronicles.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we've, been, uh, we've been in India for this interview. We look forward to bringing future podcasts in other parts of the world and, of course, back home here in Australia and New Zealand. But for now, we wish you a fantastic week and keep well. <laughs>